There are many things that remain unanswered in this world, but the most important one is, will we ever be able to speak the language of dolphins? Welcome to the Embarrassing Diary. Hello everyone, I hope you're all doing well and are feeling great. I know this world is a crazy place right now, but the Embarrassing Diary might be even scarier. You chose to be here, so please keep your kids and pets away. Last episode was a blast. Thank you so much for your encouraging words, your gifts, your love letters. They're all saved in my attic for the difficult winter days. In today's episode, we will have a very special guest that I've been looking forward to join me with her positive energy and impeccable storytelling skills. She's a mom, a friend, a writer, an entertainer, but most importantly, she's Deadpool. Yep, you heard it right, everyone. She's a superhero. Wanna know why? Well, just stay tuned, because Aliki is on the house. Hi, Aliki. Hi, Zoe. Thank you so much for being here. Definitely. Thank you for inviting me. It's a huge honor to have you in my house. Oh, that, that's really kind. But I'm, it's an honor for me to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start a little bit um, to discuss about your story. Yes. I fi- figured out recently that you actually have a traitor book. Um, well, I had a you traitor had, bird. Sorry. Yeah. I'm going to stick to the past now. Yes, I am a breast cancer survivor. In fact, it was a very rare form of breast cancer called inflammatory breast cancer. And the traitor boob made me aware of the fact that I had breast cancer. And yeah, it was, it was very simple because there was no pain. There was no swelling, no leaking, no nothing. There was no lump, which is very important, I want to point out, because a lot of people expect that there's a lump when you're looking for breast cancer signs. And in my case, all that happened was that the nipple changed color. Mm. It was not its usual pink. Mm -hmm. It was a very sad, sickly yellow. And I only noticed it because I was about to get into the shower and I saw myself in the mirror of the bathroom. And then I thought to myself, okay, probably something's blocked. Mm -hmm. I will just go to the doctor and get checked. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and that's how my story began. (laughs) Oh, okay. So... You saw it on, uh, in the bathroom, you were showering. You, did you feel something is off or did you get scared or did you think, okay, no. maybe I should just... No, I, I was more, because I'd had mastitis on the other breast mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, when I had kids in the beginning when I was mm-hmm. breastfeeding, I thought it would be something like that. Mm-hmm. I knew that I was stressed out. I was going through a burnout at the time and I was still trying to get my energy. So I was thinking, okay, my body is expressing mm. its anger and its stress in various ways. So, yeah, no, cancer did not cross my mind, but mostly because we've been brought up as women to always check for lumps. Mm -hmm. From the minute we get a bra, look for lumps. 100%. There was no lump. So my mind did not go to cancer. Definitely not. Exactly. Especially uh, growing up in Greece. I remember there were those commercials that they would say, yeah, like lift your armpit and check uh, on the side. And that's actually wrong. You shouldn't lift your armpit. You should leave your armpit loose down because... When it's up, you anyway find something. That's right? Stra- yeah. So you always have to kind of let it loose a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how my oncologist checks me. Yeah. She's like, no, don't put your hands up. Just leave them down. And she starts to to, to fiddle <laughs> to yeah, check yeah. and see what she can feel. But yeah, you shouldn't. Mm. Because if it's stretched, sometimes you have a sweat duct or something that yeah. can be a little bit uh, stressed and full. yeah yeah so yeah no it's it's not an indication it's different so <laughs> yeah. okay debunking yeah. a misconception yes, here the information is wrong it's wrong there, yeah. false information yeah. yeah so okay so then you went to your doctor yeah. and uh, what did the doctor say well i have to say i'm very fortunate because mm-hmm. I, i've heard a lot of 
bad stories about doctors and GPs that to just dismiss people. My doctor, though, thankfully, is more of the attitude, let's, let's just get you checked to be sure. Mm -hmm. So he immediately wrote a letter so I could go to the hospital. And he said to me, actually, if they don't call you tomorrow for an appointment, call me so I can make it for you. So it was his urgency that kind of ticked me off a little bit. But he was reassuring. He was like, it might be nothing, but let's be sure it's nothing. Then I went to the hospital and that's where the saga begins because they did, a, it's, <laughs> yeah, because they did a mammogram like they would usually do. Mm -hmm. And I could see it. They could see it. It was clear. Oh, there was nothing on the mammogram. But there, oh, were, there was nothing on the mammogram. Nothing, nothing. Absolutely nothing on the mammogram. It was a clear breast. Mm -hmm both breasts and then they said okay let's do an ultrasound but this one they were going to check around mm -hmm. the side of my boob and also under the axilla under the armpit mm -hmm. and with that one they couldn't see anything again and they were like look we do not see anything you're clear mm -hmm. but we do not like the way it looks so we're going to call in the surgeon okay and the surgeon came in and the surgeon was also of the mentality of yeah i don't see anything wrong so Let's just be sure. And she actually did a biopsy, which <laughs> is not very pleasant, mm. on the actual nipple where it was yellow. Ooh. So uh, for those people who don't know what a biopsy is, they take a piece of skin or a piece of lump <laughs> or something and they take it to the lab to Ooh, test it. That's painful. So yeah, and that came back clear. Okay, we're in the clear. Check, 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 check. Yeah. But then the surgeon said to me, I still want to see you. I still want to check you. And she looks at the boob and she says, yeah, it doesn't look right. Mm -hmm. So let's do an MRI. And that's where we caught it. I went for the MRI and immediately five minutes later, I get the call. I was on my bike and they called me and they said, please come back. Oh, my God. And I had to go back to the hospital and the radiologist there said to me immediately, we're looking at inflammatory breast cancer. Um, please turn on your side because I'm going to do the biopsy right now. And that was the thing, that the cancer was not in my boob, not in my armpits. It was on the chest wall. Okay. And because it was on the chest wall, the mammogram and the ultrasound were not going to catch anyway. So I was very lucky that that surgeon said, let's do an MRI because the MRI circles around you. And that's how they caught it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then I had to lie on my side and he had to do not one, not two, but three biopsies. Oh. <laughs> and I was, it was very painful. And I think that was the worst part. Yeah, yeah. Because after that, he was very kind. He was he was wonderful. And he's part of the reason everything went so well, because he acted so quickly. Mm -hmm. But he immediately took me to the mama care that they have at the hospital. Mm -hmm. He was like, uh, you can speak to the specialist and she will give you all the, um, all the schedule, what you're going to do. And they immediately said to me, look, it's Friday, but come Monday, we're going to call you and we will have everything ready. A CT scan schedule, mm -hmm. PET scan schedule and what the plan is, and we will update you. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. from that minute, everything went into motion. So started like ticking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because uh, I was explained very quickly that I'm a ticking time bomb because inflammatory <laughs> breast cancer spreads within weeks and not within months or years like the other breast cancers. Yeah. So, and could, yeah. They, could they say the duration? Like when did this happen? Or, well... Not really, but I can share this information is that I was diagnosed in June 2022. Mm -hmm. But in January 2022, so six months before, I had gone for a breast reduction consultation. And I had done all the checks, mammogram, mm -hmm. MRI, and ultrasound, because they wanted to check if there was any dense tissue or anything. Mm -hmm. And I was clear. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so in six months, I was stage four. 
Wow. That's how fast inflammatory breast <gasps> cancer spreads. That's why it's very, very important that even though it's one, two percent of breast cancers, that people know that no lump, still cancer. Mm -hmm. Always check. Always just be sure. It looks like an infection. It doesn't feel right. Go and get it checked. That's it. All right. So you found out this really crazy news. How, by the way, how did you feel at the beginning when you found out? Did you feel scared? Did you feel relieved? Did you feel a mixed bag? Well, yeah, definitely a mixed bag. That's a good one. <laughs> well, first, there, there is no way to describe getting a cancer diagnosis. Um, there is a lot of fear around the word. There's a lot of uncertainty around the diagnosis. And it, it was terrifying. And uh, the word crippling always comes to mind, like it paralyzed me. But the thing I can definitely describe is when I heard the words, we are looking at inflammatory breast cancer. I did feel that somebody chucked my heart out and mm. dropped it in an ice bucket. Aww. So it was it was terrifying. Yeah. However, I would like to point out here that the radiologist was very good in the choice of words. Mm -hmm. He didn't say you have inflammatory breast cancer. He said, we are looking at it mm. as in it's on the screen. And that I think now that I look back was a very good choice yeah. of words because it really helped me like. It's not you who has it. It's something there, but we can deal with it. Yeah. And we're, so, a, we're, we're a team now. Yeah. We're together. Yeah. And that was, yeah, that was mm. uh, the beginning of, okay, like the fact that he immediately called me back for the biopsy, even though it was a Friday afternoon, he could have waited until next week. No, he was on it. And also then that he alerted the medical team that is now my medical team and taking mm -hmm. care of me. So that that was great. That was wonderful mm. that he did that. So you, you have this really intense news yeah. this is life-changing it's also heartbreaking how did you announce it to your family i know you have yeah <laughs> three beautiful kids they're, they're they're really sweet yeah. was it hard to say this to them um that was the hardest part my husband thankfully he was in the room with me mm -hmm. when we got the news and he was kind of my rock he was also in shock and everything mm -hmm. but then we kept it quiet or we're not discussing it in the house for at least a week so we were busy doing all the children's activities. They had different parties. It was the last week of school. There were things happening at the school. So it was a very busy time where we just wanted to hide a little bit and process the news, but we still had to be out there and socialize. Mm -hmm. So we immediately told my parents and his parents so they could be aware. And that was a telephone call in both cases because my parents live abroad, of course, but his parents had also just left for holidays. Mm -hmm. So we ruined their holidays this <laughs> way. <laughs> you know, hello, just so you know, have a nice, enjoy, enjoy your time off, but this happened. So yeah, that wasn't very great. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and then uh, we waited a little bit to get more news because we wanted to do the scans first. Mm. And um, of course, maybe you needed some time to process it yourself. That too, but it was more that the minute you announce a piece of news like that, everybody starts to either give you advice that, oh, it's going to be okay. And mm. you're a bit like, well, we don't know because we haven't seen how much it has spread. Or you get the questions of like, where is it? How far along? How much time do you have left? I've gotten that question as well. Mm. So uh, it's... It, it was more of like, okay, let's just wait, let's get the scans, let's get the action plan. And once we know that, we can share the news because then we have more information. So yeah, we, we took, it was about a week. And that was the hardest part to tell the children because mm. 
The children were, my youngest was five at the time, so she couldn't understand completely mm -hmm. uh, or couldn't, like, she could, she had heard it, but she didn't know what it was. And my eldest one, who was nine at the time, he knew fully what it was and he started crying. He was very, very upset and very emotional about yeah. it. But I said to him, look, mama's going to fight. We're not, I'm not going anywhere. And then I said to him, <laughs> I said to them, yeah, and mama's going to lose her hair because mm -hmm. obviously I'm going to do chemotherapy. And that's what shocked all three of them. <laughs> so it wasn't, it was, it was, yeah. And my, my eldest actually said, I thought you would lose your hair because you were sick. I didn't realize it was because of the medicine. Mm -hmm. And then I said, no, no, it's because of the medicine, but it will come back. Mm -hmm, and it was mm -hmm. like, okay, all right. So yeah. once you discuss and once you talk about it with them, it was better for us as well because it was a weight that went off our shoulders as well. Mm, yeah. When yeah. we told the kids, I think that was... That was the point for me where I said, okay, now I can do this. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you had everybody on board. Yeah. And you were like emotionally prepared for it and equipped because of course your family is there for you and you need yep. them all on board and say, hey, let's do this all together. Let's, yep. let's hold hands and let's yep. smash this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. I was very quick to say, um, no, this is not happening uh, just by sheer stubbornness I'm going to win this yeah um and I did feel the whole it's not my time yet mm -hmm. I mean yes in the beginning you do start questioning death you okay. face your own mortality you you wonder how it's going to be if you die and leave your children motherless and mm. all those terrible depressing thoughts but then I kind of turned that around two days after and I said no nice. <laughs> just no we're going to get up and get this done. I don't know how, I don't know when, but it's going to be done. You're yeah. such a badass. <laughs> well, You're I, such a I badass. I felt like one, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so I, I also wanted to ask you, after all of this news, how um, your partner reacted to it and how your relationship was affected from, from those um, news? Yeah, well, like I said, he was in the room with me, mm -hmm. so he it wasn't me delivering the news, it was the doctor delivering it, delivering it to both of us. Um, he was in shock, of course, and he, he later on told me that he processed it longer than I did mm -hmm. and it sunk in a bit later with him. Like in the beginning, it was more like numbness of let's get all the scans over with, let's find out what we're going to do. Um, but after that, it was very emotional for mm -hmm. him because he had to, I mean, anyway, he's my partner. We, we've always been doing things together. Yeah. We've always been a team. Uh, also, when it comes to the house, the kids, everything. Um, but suddenly I was not, I didn't have the energy to pull my end of the, uh, my, yeah. pull my weight, let's say. So, yeah. uh, so he had to take up a lot and he had to also be the rock and the, for the kids because, the yeah, no, because the children would ask like, where is mom and mama's sleeping now? Is mama okay? Mm. Yeah, she's okay. She's just sleeping, you know, because my eldest would be worried, like, is she in hospital and you're hiding it from me, for example. Mm -hmm. So he had to deal with that emotional weight as well, yeah. which was quite heavy for him. And of course, people contacting him and not me mm. so they could let me rest or because they didn't know how to approach me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I wanted to ask you about that, like, how did other people react like did they change because when I also heard the news I remember mm -hmm. I was thinking 
um, how should I approach you? Should I tell you something super sweet? Will it sound too cheesy? Will I hurt you if I say something like this? Or mm-hmm. if I don't say anything, will it sound too much? Like, you know, <laughs> but of course, I, I, I'm not saying from the perspective of the other people. How did you, did you feel like, for instance, that some people's reactions changed? Um, well, yeah, it's a mixture. It's a mixed bag <laughs> yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was a mixture of different reactions. A lot of people reached out to me to say that they were sorry and good luck with the treatment. But what, what happened was that we only managed to say family and close friends in the beginning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then what I did do, I said to myself, I cannot keep this. Mm -hmm. I need people to know and I can't keep repeating my story. Mm -hmm. So I sent a general message Mm -hmm. to friends and extended family and I explained this is what's happened. I've gotten the cancer diagnosis. I'm going to be starting chemotherapy. The prognosis is not great because they cannot operate and they cannot radiate. So I just have chemotherapy Mm -hmm. as an option, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to win this and it's going to be fine. And then after a a few days, I also announced it on the social media that Mm -hmm. I have, Instagram and Facebook, because I said to myself again, I cannot keep updating people separately. Mm -hmm. I'd rather send one message and whoever wants to follows it and reads it. Mm. And that's how I started the Instagram page where I could get people there. And then a lot of people would reach out to me through there. And I had messages which were just a heart Mm. saying, I don't know what to say, Mm -hmm. or lengthy messages saying, I've always admired you and I'm so Mm. sorry this happened to you and and it's difficult and I'm thinking of you, which was also really appreciated. But what really touched me was that when the word was out there, I suddenly got a load of cards at (laughs) home. Yeah. I got cards, I got flowers, One friend actually, she got a box Mm -hmm. and she got her kids to decorate the box and she threw in chocolates and socks and everything. And that was lovely. Yeah. Yeah. And people that I that we are in touch, but not as often as we would like, they sent beautiful words Mm -hmm. and cards and everything. So I definitely felt the love. I definitely felt the support. And there were a few uh, cases where people indeed didn't know what to say Mm -hmm. and they didn't get in touch as Mm -hmm. quick as I would have expected maybe Mm -hmm. or as they would have expected but they did um, eventually do that and they would like we don't know what to say Mm -hmm. I've been trying to think of what to say Mm -hmm. but I'm following you I'm admiring you and that's okay as well because I can understand before I got a cancer diagnosis Mm -hmm. if a friend of mine or a colleague got Mm -hmm. cancer diagnosis I would also not know what to say it takes that experience to know how it is but Yeah. yeah And this is how you started also. So you mentioned about your social media page, which I will put in the description, (laughs) but it's actually a very funny, that is the interesting part. It's a very funny page (laughs) where you mention everything about breast cancer from cutting your hair. You mentioned that (laughs) your hair looks like Wolverine or you look like Professor X. You're making all those funny jokes. And the one that really uh, hit me was Mm -hmm. the one about being Deadpool. Yes. <laughs> Do you want to read it yourself? Uh, yeah, I can. I can read it. Okay. So uh, chemo uncovered number four because I was doing that. I was doing a little series of chemo uncovered. So after doing one of those online Facebook quizzes to see which he- superhero or supervillain I am, <laughs> I'm happy to announce that it wasn't V. That is V from Vendetta, uh, <laughs> or Vecna. Um, that is from uh, Stranger Things. Right? So people um, know, okay. yeah. Or even and Lord of the Rings orc. But my all-time favorite. <laughs> which is Deadpool. My plan on accumulating superpowers in order to dress up in a tight suit is well underway (laughs) and steps to become Deadpool get cancer. Check. 
Go for a cure and hope to get superpowers. I got myself a t-shirt saying that. It counts. Check. Treatment that makes you look like a squash burnt raspberry or a sun-dried tomato. Take your sweet or savory pick. Check. Just a side note here. I had a bad reaction to the chemo mm-hmm. when I just started and my skin burnt like I had a rash, but oh. it was with pus. It was as if I'd had the worst sunburn oh. in the history. So yeah, that's why I looked like Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, sarcastic humor and not taking anything seriously. Hell yeah, check. And breaking the fourth wall in storytelling. Uh, hello, do you even know me? Check. <laughs> <laughs> so, so much therapy in the above lines. <laughs> oh yeah. my God. I like you. Yeah. That is so funny. That is yeah. <laughs> <Thanks>. hilarious. <laughs> you are ridiculous. <laughs> Okay, so Deadpool check, um, saying this to everyone check, um, having a really strong will that, and determination that we will beat this ugly monster check. And what happens next? Did you start uh, chemotherapy? I started chemotherapy about two and a half weeks after the diagnosis, so pretty quickly. And um, I was uh, informed that I would be doing chemotherapy and immunotherapy, which at that time I didn't know what that was I'd never heard of it mm-hmm. and yeah I started chemotherapy but there was no indication of how long I would be doing it mm-hmm. there was no information because what what happened was with me I started chemotherapy uh, and I still was waiting for results from another biopsy because while we saw in the PET scan that it had not spread to other organs mm-hmm. it had spread to the mediastinum area which is where the aorta is the heart is Mm. Uh, the bronchus lymph nodes are so in an area where immediately they said we cannot operate we cannot radiate we will do more damage than good but before they concluded that they wanted to do a biopsy and confirm that that little three millimeters that they found was indeed cancer so i had to do a bronchoscopy and then i did the bronchoscopy and the day after i started chemo my oncologist was yeah you're starting straight away so we can get ahead of this so I had my first round, and then when I was going for the next week to go to my next round, we got the results that, yes, it spread there, so we're changing the type of chemo. Mm, so okay. after that, we went for the heavy chemo, which is the one that I do every three weeks. Ah, because there are levels? Yes, there's levels. Like if it's Because it depends on your stages. So you've got stage one, two, three, and four. Four, of course, is very heavy, but the three, like when you're at stage three, when they thought that I was, mm-hmm. they were thinking, okay, you can get less dosage of chemo, but every week, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're not going to be attacking your body that that much. But then they realized, okay, it has spread and it's spread at a bad area. Mm-hmm. And from there it can go everywhere. Mm-hmm. So let's hit you with the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's why we started chemotherapy, which was about yeah every three weeks. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I started with a bit of a, like, how long is this going to be going on for? Let's mm-hmm. just keep going. But I, it was very quick that, to see, they, they they did a scan very quickly with me and they were very quick to see that I was responding and I was oh, in remission nice. very, very quickly. So that was the great news uh, in all the shitty news that was coming <laughs> yeah. our way until then. Yeah. So yeah. how long, so... How long uh, until you get this this good news? Um, so I was diagnosed in June. Beginning of July, I started chemo. And then I had the first scan end of August. Mm-hmm. 
So I remember it still. It was the 5th of September mm -hmm. that I had the appointment with my oncologist and she was skipping and she said, great news, your scans are great. And she was so, so happy. Mm -hmm. And then in the report, it said 74% shrinkage. Wow. So in, so such a in such a short time short and with time. just two rounds of chemo. Oh, wow. So that was, for me, a sign that, yes, yes, I can beat this. It's going already the way I want it mm. to go and even better. So, mm. yeah, so nice. definitely. <laughs> it was wow. Great. And then did you continue with chemotherapy? Yes, I did in total six rounds of chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. 26th of October was my last chemo in 2022. And I didn't know it was my last chemo because we stopped it there. We, we did that and then I had another scan. And that scan showed that I only had like a really tiny blob of six millimeters left in total. And immediately my oncologist said, yeah, we can stop. Wow. How, how did you feel? when? Absolutely wow. relieved <laughs> because... There, I, I can go in to describe what chemotherapy feels like, but yeah. I've never felt so physically weak in my life. Mm. And I've, I've had kids. <laughs> I've given birth. <laughs> I've taken care of them when they're sick. I've, I've led myself <laughs> to exhaustion in many ways. But not being able to rely on your body to take you from, let's say, walking your children to school. Or being able to literally go from your kitchen upstairs to your bedroom without losing breath mm. while climbing the stairs. That's, yeah, it, it's, it's easy to describe, but it's absolutely terrifying yeah. to experience it. Yeah. And it's interesting that what you're saying, that there is indeed this misconception that people think that is the cancer that's, that's what's causing it. But it's actually the treatment is actually so devastating to your body. Like you really have to keep up with it. And it's it's like, essentially, it's it's attacking every cell of your body. Yeah, you can be so, very healthy with cancer. Actually, yeah. you had a question before and I missed it. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Where you were saying about uh, how did I feel? Like, did I feel relieved? Yes, I was going through a burnout at the time when I got diagnosed. Um, and it was a relief to actually see that, okay, it's actually not a burnout. It's not my body failing me. Mm. I do have a problem that we're going to solve. So it was nice to know what it was. But that's the thing. There's a lot of people who are looking at the peak of health. There are people who exercise daily, eat healthy, never smoke, never drink. Mm -hmm. They still get cancer. Mm -hmm. So, and that that's also you see it in younger people as well. Yeah. Because we keep hearing, yeah, cancer is for old people. When you hit the 50, 55, mm -hmm. 60 mark, you start checking for cancer. No, I was 36 when I was mm -hmm. diagnosed. Mm -hmm. So no. Yeah. Anyone can get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there is a picture of you uh, with Martin on social media mm -hmm. where he's actually cutting your hair. Yes. And I find this one a very emotional one. Yep. I understand that hair is a very important part of uh, personality. <laughs> personality. Yes. How was it for you to lose your hair? Well, I actually made the conscious decision to cut my hair before I started chemo. Ah. It really helped that we were going through a heat wave. <laughs> And I had hair which was down to my waist and I was sweating. So I just said, nope, let's get it all off. So that was that was a very easy choice to make. But what was important was that we planned it on the weekend just before I started chemo. And we said to the children, come, you can help cut mama's hair. Mm -hmm. And they were, I was actually a bit 
mm-hmm. shocked how enthusiastic they were <laughs> that they oh yeah we can cut a chunk of mama's hair out and, and all of them just took the at the scissors and went for it especially oh. my youngest she was thrilled that she could do that um, <laughs> no consequences no, we no can con- do that. exactly yes we can get away with this <laughs> so yeah so they cut, cut off a few chunks and then they got bored which was also good because they kind of went and mm-hmm. did their own thing mm-hmm. and then martina and i sat and he continued to cut my hair mm-hmm. but we were laughing a lot because we had the kitchen scissors Mm -hmm. he was cutting the longer parts of my hair to make it short and then he decided to go with the machine to kind of shave my head Mm -hmm. and the machine was getting stuck because my hair was so thick (laughs) so he said okay i can't do this just wait and he vanishes and he comes back and he brought the the um, hoover yeah and he started hoovering my head <laughs> to get the hair out so he could continue cutting and then he had to hoover the machine as well so we were laughing a lot thinking like are we ever gonna get this done <laughs> it's so yeah so that was oh, really God. funny that was and then when it was done and mm. i looked at myself in the mirror i was like hang on i'm rocking this look as well Woo-hoo! so that was also a a big plus for me like I got really lucky in that department I was I didn't go in emotionally Mm -hmm. and I didn't get traumatized by a time later on of course though when chemo did start and I could see that the buzz cut started having patches um I remember that I once looked at myself in the mirror and said okay you you don't look like Mm. what you usually look like Mm. um but it had to do also with the fact that my face was bloated Mm. I looked yellow I was tired. I was feeling sick and I didn't know which end my dinner was going to come out from. Excuse yeah. me for the gory details. <laughs> but but that was the that was the issue of the time. So, yeah, hair was not my biggest problem. Yeah. It was it was terrible to see my look, but mm. I think it's also an indication that I didn't go for a wig. I only wore the little hats and mm-hmm. the bandanas and scarves. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I never looked for a wig. I know that other people usually go for a wig, mm-hmm. but in my case I was no. My head's yeah. going to be itchy. No, thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I was I was okay with that. I know it's it is part of your personality. Now that my hair's coming back and I've got the chemo curls, mm. I'm struggling sometimes. Like I do miss my nice long straight mm-hmm. hair which I could put in a ponytail and get yeah. be done with it. Yeah. But um yeah, I I'm also fully aware like mm-hmm. I'm from the minute you get a cancer diagnosis, you're no longer going to be the person you were before. You become a new person and you get used to the new normal. Mm -hmm. It happens when you become a mum, it happens when you grow up, it happens in a lot of things. So in a way, I've, along with my hair, I've said to myself, yep, you you don't forget who you were, but you're going to embrace the new you. And that's, it helps to go forward. (laughs) So I also wanted to ask you, during this whole period, how did you cope with your inner voice? (laughs) Um, yes well um i uh coping with my inner voice i didn't keep my voice inner (laughs) i just let it all out i mean mostly with the posts that i would write yeah uh that was a good let out that was a good way to get everything out of my system and uh and cope with it Mm -hmm. um but yeah i didn't keep anything in it was also because one thing that people don't understand chemotherapy is that yes it makes you very sick Mm-hmm. but it makes you very agitated and because you're agitated so much you are very mean mm-hmm. so you say things which are horrible to people and when you look back you think why did I say mm-hmm. that how could I have said that 
But because I was writing things down, mm -hmm. uh, whether it was in my phone to write a post for uh, Instagram later on, or just a kind of a diary mm -hmm. to keep mm -hmm. to myself to look back on it, um, that helped me to kind of minimize that <laughs> that frustration that was so I wouldn't hurt my kids and I wouldn't hurt my husband because they were in the same house with mm -hmm. me. So yeah, I didn't really have like I did have conversations with my inner voice but I made sure that these conversations were on paper mm -hmm. in a way that <laughs> I could later on reflect yeah. on them and sometimes I've actually got that book and I do look back mm -hmm. and I say look you've gone you've come a long way yeah like it, it seemed desperate there seemed that there was no hope at, on this day but now you're a year ahead, maybe a year and a half. And yeah, things yeah. have changed miraculously in a way. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, think, you can always go forward. I think there's a strength and power in telling your story and yes. sharing it with the world. I feel personally that when I have it and, and, and I keep it inside, it has more power than me. Mm -hmm. Well, when Very I true. share it with uh, social media or the world, my friends, it kind of like it changes and I feel like I'm controlling the narrative. Yes, so. yes, that's very true. Yeah. No, there's a lot of power in sharing your story and there's a lot of power in owning that story and sharing it. And like mm -hmm. you said, it has more power when you just keep it inside. It becomes mm -hmm. your own little personal Voldemort, but you don't <laughs> say Voldemort. You say he who must not be named. <laughs> so yeah, when, it's, when you get it out there, you're actually getting yeah. it out of your system, out of the way, and it's, it, it becomes smaller. Yeah. It becomes smaller because it's something that you talk about you control it yeah, and it you control, control it and yeah and it's yeah. it's just it's just there and you can work on it yeah nice okay so after all of these i wanted to ask you what happened next uh what happened next what is still happening mm -hmm. so because i'm stage four which is not curable but treatable mm -hmm. I finished chemotherapy those six rounds and I continued with mm -hmm. immunotherapy and immunotherapy to put it in very simple terms. I'm not a doctor, please let me disclose this, but it basically gives a little bit of a boost to your immune system to help mm -hmm. drain and um, like keep the flowing of your lymphatic uh, system because that's basically where the cancer mm -hmm. will start because cancer cells are actually your body not getting rid of the trash properly mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's how they grow. So the immunotherapy helps you with that. And the, the treatment of immunotherapy is fairly new, but it's doing wonders. However, it has a slower and a more long-term impact on your body rather than chemotherapy, which immediately attacks. Mm -hmm. And once you're at when it, once it's out of your system, your, your system can get better. Mm. Um, so it's less aggressive. It's less aggressive, but it still has its side effects because... Um, you still have to check your heart. It can cause that your heart is going a bit mm -hmm. too fast and you can have heart failure. So you have to keep an eye on that as well. It, it makes you very sleepy. I, mm -hmm. I have to go every three weeks. I still go every three weeks and I will be for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. As long as my body can handle it, I'll be doing immunotherapy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have to sit there for two, three hours, get my infusion, mm -hmm. and then I need to take the day off because I'm very, very sleepy. Mm -hmm. I cannot focus, concentrate. I can't do anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So kind of, I've called it for a joke, my spa day, because I really, I have to just take everything off and be done with it. And you shouldn't ask me any important questions that day. So yeah. But on top of that, once we concluded that, okay, the six millimeters are staying steady and they're not growing, 
uh, even though we've stopped chemo, I started hormone therapy. Mm -hmm. And to explain a little bit, today, cancer diagnosis and treatment, they're so far ahead with their research that when they biopsy your tumor, they can see what your cancer feeds on, mm -hmm. what protein it is, what hormone it is, whatnot. Mm -hmm. And my cancer is estrogen fed. So the first thing was, okay, we need to put you in medically induced menopause to mm -hmm. lower your estrogen. And that way, you, we, will, we will starve your cancer mm -hmm. and it will prevent it from growing or even help it go away completely, which was the case, actually. Mm -hmm. In July, I got the all clear that yes. I am, <laughs> that I am uh, well, not, I won't say cancer free because we stage four people cannot say cancer free, but we say NED, N-E-D, which is the abbreviation for no evidence of disease. And yeah, there's... Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of joy <laughs> in that memory, yes, because it's uh, it was an achievement. It was what yeah. I said I was going to do. Yeah. And, and I did it. <laughs> you, you did it. Yes. Yeah, you did it. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I remember when I saw the post on Instagram, I was like, I started crying. Oh. <laughs> I, and I, I, I'm, I'm being honest, I didn't communicate. We didn't have a lot of discussion. I remember I was following your journey every yeah. time and I was, I was very worried. I was like, is she okay? What's yeah. happening next? I was one of the silent yeah. observers. And when I saw it, I started crying. Yeah, I, was a like, lot. I cried. A, I, a I was crying for a week. So. Ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but it's it's a big emotion. It's uh, I, I don't want to use the words rebirth and everything or second chance, but it really does feel like, yeah. hang on. It's I got it, I got it back. You yeah. know, I, I'm yeah. I mean, yes, you still have this shadow hovering. Like, mm. what if it comes back? What if uh, this headache I'm having is mm. because it's gone to my brain? And they didn't catch it. You know, you get you get those little panics. But on the other hand, you need to remember that life is anyway not guaranteed. Mm -hmm. You can get hit by a bus. You can get choke on your food. But <laughs> yeah, anything can happen. But the important thing is what you do with it and you make the most of it. And that that is kind of liberating in a way. Mm. So. I wanted also to ask you, as a last question, since we're going towards the end of this beautiful discussion of how you went through it, how you recovered from it, how you're still, you know, always cautious about everything, you need to take care of yourself, how you felt like you were reborn and how, how amazing actually you are, how strong you are to <laughs> be you. there for your family, for your kids as well. So I wanted to ask you a last question. If you had a chance to speak to your traitor boo, what would you say to it? First things first, I wouldn't call it a traitor boob anymore. Mm -hmm. I would actually apologize for calling it a traitor boob. <laughs> um, I would thank it because it gave me a warning. It really gave me a warning. Mm -hmm. If it had not changed color, if, if it had not been alerting me in some way that something's wrong with my body, things would have been very different today. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I know that a lot of people... When uh, they, they've got these T-shirts which say, check your boobs, mine tried to kill me, mm -hmm. kind of thing, which is funny at first. But then you're thinking, hang on, they didn't try to kill you. They tried to warn you. They tried to tell you that something's not right. <laughs> so you would call so, him a guardian angel boob? I wouldn't go that far, but I would, I would take more care. Like it gave me a chance to say, yes, I need to take care of myself, my mental health, my physical health a bit more. And uh, I mean, it's great now that I'm still going to be getting checkups for the rest of my life. So I will have the anxiety, as we call it, and everything. Anxiety. But yeah, it is. <laughs> the anxiety of the scan is called anxiety. It's a new word. <laughs> so 
I'm seeing it more from a perspective of my body is talking to me and we need to listen to our bodies when they talk to us because they're giving us warning signs and we we don't often listen because we get caught up in we've got to work, we've got to do this, we've got to, we just have a to-do list and we stick to that and we don't listen to when our body says, stop, I've run out of battery and we just keep on going. Yeah. So yeah, it it was a bit, it, that for me was a wake up call to to listen to my body way more. To pay attention yeah, more. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for this um, beautiful conversation that we had. I Thank hope you had a good time. Me. Yes, I no, it was great. It. Yeah. And I want to close with um, a very positive, actually, statement. Yep. Your last post on Instagram. Do you want to read it? Oh, yeah. I just posted a picture of myself crying. <laughs> <laughs> and I say, this is what a person who has just been told that they are NED, aka no evidence of disease, looks like. I won. I told you. As you were. As you were. As you were. Thank you so much, Aliki. Thank you for having me, Zoe. Thanks. I want to be honest with you. Initially, I thought that we would have a very funny conversation with bits of laughter and hilarious jokes about Aliki's treatment. But after she poured her heart on me, I realized that there are not enough jokes to make the situation funny. There's nothing funny about cancer. And maybe today's episode did not have the intention to make you laugh. Maybe it had the intention to make you feel something or to learn something from the situation. We all have that inner voice inside our brains telling you that you cannot do things, that you're not capable, that you're not enough. And what I like about Aliki's story is that she was able to rise above the occasion to confront this inner voice, this cyclope, if you want to call it, that we all have inside of us, that is always there lurking about and say to him, hey, I know you're strong, I know you're very powerful, and I know you're getting this power from me, but I want you to know that maybe one day I'll lose, but today I win.